Welcome everyone to this episode of the Think and Reform podcast. My name is Luke Saint. With me I have Joel Saint, my dad, and John Bingaman. We are all part of the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society. And uh, today <clears throat> we are going to be talking about a recent, uh, uh, if you will, transitional letter uh, sent out by the Bethlehem College and Seminary, of which uh, John Piper has assigned his name, in which uh, he is a chancellor. Yes. And um, we're going to be looking at uh, what the letter says, because it, it, the letter, uh, most, most people have seen this, but in this letter, uh, a man named Dr. Joseph Rigney, uh, who I'm not familiar with. Is anyone here familiar with No, Rigney? not, not no. prior to this. No. Okay, um, not prior to this, but now we kind of are interested in, in uh, Dr. Joseph Rigney um, because of this letter and the things that are said in it. This was a couple weeks ago, April 3rd, um, and uh, we decided to do a podcast about it because of our history, if longtime listeners of this podcast uh, will note that we have a, uh, a history with John Piper and the things that he has said in the past. And in this podcast, we're going to take a look at what John Piper says here and what John Piper says when he's out in the culture. And we're going to compare and contrast the two. Um, and we're, uh, we're going to start off with a letter written by the leadership at Bethlehem College and Seminary. And then we're going to go to John Piper praying out in front of Planned Parenthood, which I believe was in 2016. Did anyone get the year on that? Uh, I can't remember what the I year was. I think that's what it was. Yeah, something like 2016 or 2017 or something like that. Uh, it says six years ago. So, you know, that's that's about that, uh, about that time. Um, so let's start off with reading... Uh, the letter. I'm going to bring it up here. I'm going to read the letter. We're going to talk about uh, what's in this letter. Uh, so I'm going to start off with, um, this is the announcement concerning leadership transition at Bethlehem College and Seminary, Seminary April 3rd, uh, 2023. It says, with profound thankfulness to God for Do Dr. Joseph Rigney's 16 years of service to Bethlehem College and Seminary as a faculty member and as president with deep affection for him as a brother in Christ, and with high regard for his integrity and spiritual authenticity, authenticity, the trustees of Bethlehem College and Seminary have received and accepted Joe Rigney's resignation as president of the school. So I didn't know he was president. You know, I, I had no idea. And um, we're just now kind of finding out about Joe Rigney. The letter continues. During Joe's tenure as president, significant advances have been made. School has been blah, blah, blah. And they talk about his service. And they're happy with, thankful for him. I'm going to skip all that stuff. <clears throat> The reason for doc, uh, for President Regney's resignation may be summed up as vision divergence, astutely put, uh, between him and the other leaders of the school. In communicating his res resignation to the trustees, he mentioned that there are quote substantial differences unquote between himself and the trust, some of the trust and some trustees, elders of the governing churches, and the cha chancellor, who I believe is John Piper. John Piper, I yeah. believe. He added that. Quote, this divergence of vision has become a significant obstacle in carrying out my leadership role in the school. I do not believe that I have the full confidence of the trustees, the elders of the governing churches, or the chancellor, unquote. So here's where the uh, letter gets right into why he, and this is what we're going to talk about here, why he was, either he left or was asked to leave or what, what have you. Here it says, to be more specific, President Rigney has deepened and clarified his theological and philosophical views in ways that are out of step with several distinctives which Baptists have historically viewed as biblical. He would now regard as more biblically faithful several views that fit more easily into a different stream of the Christian tradition. So, 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 so far, his... His uh, offense is that he's not as Baptist as he once was. I guess so. Uh, I mean, so far, anyway. Yeah. I mean, there'll be more. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to remember that. A different stream of the Christian tra tradition. Okay, so they're calling it a tradition. Okay, anyway. So, number one, his position on baptism and how the children of believers fit into the covenantal scheme of Scripture has developed to the point where infant baptism is an open question, such that he cannot with full confidence sign the Bethlehem College and Seminary Affirmation of Faith on this point. So, it sounds like, John, he's... He's kind of going iffy on child going, baptism. Going Presby. Okay, right. He's going Presbyterian. Okay, and, and that's sad. I'm sad about that. Well, there's a three right. or four Baptist sitting here. It's uh, yeah. It's interesting that they would say that he had deepened and clarified his theological and philo philosophical views uh, because those are t typically uh, admirable traits. Deepening and clarifying. Mm -hmm. All right. Now they're deep. Yeah, that sounds like. Progress. It does. It, yeah, it does. Uh, so it's deeper for Dr. Rigney, and it's more clarified to Dr. Rigney, but out of step 
with list. the trustees yeah. right. and right. the chancellor. Right, right. And, and I'm not even sure what the governing churches are, not yeah, knowing yeah. how the, the colleges yeah. uh, work and seminaries. Yeah, local pastors from set up. local yeah. churches, yeah. I suppose. Don't know. Right. Yeah. And 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 this this is to me the 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 most minor point of it. I mean, if someone goes from believers' baptism to you know, uh, baptism. I, I don't look at it as the biggest deal in the world. I listen, Presbyterians, I hear you. I get you. That's all I'm saying. Well, and they, they call him a brother in Christ. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so would I. Uh, yeah. Right. I'm still, I'm still Baptist. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. But the Presbyterians don't call us brothers. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, many do. Many, yeah, many so, do. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm just Joshua. All right. Uh, number two, his position on the relationship between Christian, okay, this is where it gets good. His position on the relationship between Christianity and civil government is not at home with the historic Baptist. Disagree with that. Historic Baptist emphasis on the separation of church and state. The point here is not that Bethlehem College and Seminary has a creedal position on the church and state, but here's our creedal position. Uh, anyway, nor is it that separation between church and state means the absence of influence. The point is that President Regney's more recent emphasis on a hoped-for eventual Christianization of all society, including the civil government, has put him significantly out of step with the other leaders of the school who would warn against the use of civil authority to establish Christianity as an official religion. Dad, your thoughts? Yeah, here we go. Um, we, we've got the straw man up there already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, the reason why we disagree with him is he wants to establish Christianity as an official religion. Mm. I would really like some clarification on that. Mm. Well, what what does he want to do? Uh, I don't know, a statue of Jesus uh, uh, down in downtown Minneapolis, which is burning that to the ground anyway, best I can tell. Um, it's, you know what's intriguing about this, Luke? And a lot of people might have missed this. But, um, and, and John, you might, I don't know if you guys caught this or not, but apparently Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of Bethlehem College and Seminary, is the first... Um, city, major city now, to introduce and sanction and approve of Muslim public Muslim calls to prayer. It's the first. Hmm. So while uh, is this ironic or not? Hmm. So while we're throwing out Joe Rigney because he wants to establish Christianity as an official religion without saying exactly what that means, and my guess is if Joe Rigney were, were here. He would say, "No, no, wait a minute. Here, let's let's have some clarification here. Mm-hmm. Let's let's say exactly what this means." While we're arguing about this, um, the city of Minneapolis, Minnesota, where um, Bethlehem College and Seminary is, is establishing publicly yeah. Islam. Yeah. Mm. Now, interesting. Uh, uh, Very interesting. I, I I'm I'm waiting patiently for a statement from Bethlehem College and Seminary on that. And, and the, the, here's the thing. We have, it, it, it's, it's a vacuum now, but it's not really a vacuum. We have, we have humanism. We have all kinds of wickedness. We have, we have state worship going on. You don't speak against the state. It, it, it's, it's what's happening right now. So it, it seems like a, our timing is really bad to say, you know what? This is out of step. Uh, Christianity is the official religion or whatever. Uh, how's this? What if we, what if Joe Rigney were to be here and say, you know what? How's this? However way you want to say it, I want God's law to be implemented throughout this state, throughout this nation, and Christ recognized as king, which he is, by the way. Mm-hmm. Would they have a problem with that? I believe they would. Mm. The Bethlehem Constant would have a big problem with that. That's why we have to say official Christianity as mm-hmm. the official religion. Meanwhile... Um, make sure to listen to those Muslim calls to prayer right. and bow. Because if you don't do it now, give it time. You're going to be bowing whether you believe it or not. Can you imagine sitting in a coffee shop talking about how this letter and saying, you know, like, you know, I'm glad Joe Rigney's gone because, you know, he's teaching something that that should be taught that, you know, Christianity should be the official re- religion of the United States. And then like, so, and, suddenly you're drowned out with, yes, oh, yeah, I know. And suddenly oh, yeah, you're yeah, drowned oh. out with a Muslim call to prayer. And, you, and you're like, and you're just sitting there like, okay, hold on, hold on. Let's wait, let's wait till this is over. Anyway, what were you we saying? I'm, I'm glad Joe Rigney's out. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but that's, that's what's going to be happening when we were in Israel. That was what was going on. It was a common interruption with five times a day. Quite annoying. Yeah. Frankly, John, your thoughts on this paragraph. Uh, it's incoherent. It, to me, uh, he, 
the hoped for eventual the eventual hoped for Christianization of all of society. Yeah, is what a, Joe's a hoped for eventual Christian Christianization okay. of all society. So, yeah. uh, it it's a good thing, right? Yeah, I mean we're hoping for it. Uh, are the trustees hoping for that? Yeah. Are the is the chancellor hoping for that? If they're not, what are they doing? Mm. What are they hoping for? What are they hoping for? Doesn't even make any sense. Mm. So his emphasis on a hoped for eventual Christianization of all society would necessarily result in a civil government that was Christian in its orientation because all of society is now Christianized. What else are they going to do? It's not... now, I, I haven't talked to Joe Rigney. I haven't heard in any interviews with Joe Rigney. Perhaps he is calling for uh, imposition of Christianity and forced conversions, and but I, I doubt it. Uh, it sounds to me like these guys are throwing him over the side because he actually wants to implement what they say they want to implement, which is the hoped for eventual Christianization of all, all of society. society. Yeah. So what what would they do if all of society became Christianized? Um, w- would that be out of step with the Baptist, the historic Baptist right. position? Yeah. Right. And maybe it would be out of step with their historic Baptist vision, which is a hoped-for eventual failure of Christ. <laughs> In time and in history, right. so we can get raptured out of here. Right. Uh, what else? What do you? What else are you supposed to think about that? Yeah. Right. Uh, I think you're putting your finger on it right there. The ho- the hope for failure, of of anything Christian as things go down the toilet. Uh, see, here's the thing, John. Uh, to your point, emphasis on a hope for eventual Christian Christianization of all of society. Well, I would hope that in a Christian seminary. We would have a hope for Christianization of some of society. <laughs> How about a quarter of it? How about things like, uh, I don't know, a capital punishment for capital crimes, which is a Christian thing. Mm-hmm. Are, are we good with that? No, 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 no. Because it's not, that's not one of the loving commandments, Joel. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember, yes. And, and, I, and they, they, yes, thank you. I, and it's, I, it's duplicitous because they do a one-two switcheroo on you, and it started off with, the, his emphasis on a hope for eventual Christianization means that right. the, the use is means the civil authority establishing Christianity as an official religion. It, they jump from one to the other right. without making right. exactly. uh, without giving you any evidence that that's what he has said. Right. That's why I say that it's an incoherent statement mm-hmm. because that's a non sequitur. Mm. You know, it, you just. You're hoping for the eventual Christianization, which I think Presbyterians, Baptists, everybody that's can get behind. So we're working for, right? That's yeah. what we. That's what Christians should hope for. Uh, but then they, they jump to a f- established Christianity as an official religion, which is not necessarily doesn't necessarily follow. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it doesn't follow that it's going to be forced on people. Right. If everything is Christianized, it would be just a natural outgrowth. It's, it, right. So you're right. It's a switcheroo. Yeah. It's a straw man. It's a non sequitur. Uh, we could go through a bunch this, of There's a lot to say about the second paragraph. Let's get into Yikes. the third paragraph. Consistent okay. with President Rigney's political philosophy, he leans towards a view of cultural engagement that could be described as Christendom building. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. get him out. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. You, oh, over neither. the side. <laughs> Try to read read through that again without okay, okay, without, without laughing, laughing. For, for our audience. I, that is just. I am really mad that he's doing that. Uh, okay, here it is again. Sorry, I couldn't get through it. You know, it's it, it's like it's like this big scary thing, and it's and of course it's like the historic Baptist view is this. Anyway, consistent with President Rigney's political philosophy, he leans toward a view of cultural engagement that could be described as Christendom building. This involves a foregrounding of cultural. Cultural transformation to agree that other leaders have felt that does not reflect the emphasis of the New Testament and is out of proportion to other values that the school represents. What other values, what values work against Christendom building? That's what I want to know. What, te- what, what values are you teaching in this school that are against Christendom building? Please tell me. Here it is. I'm going to say it again. He has leaned towards a view of cultural engagement 
that can be described as Christendom building. This does not reflect the values that the uh, other values of the school represents. Okay, so I just put them together for you. I'm going to say that one more time. He is leaning towards a view of cultural engagement that could be described as Christendom building. This does not reflect the school, the, the values that the school represents. Does that make sense to anyone? Does that sound Christian to you? That sounds absolutely pagan to me. That sounds like this sounds like a pagan college kicking out a Christian teacher. That that could be said, right? Can you imagine that? Well, you know, we have this teacher and he's trying to build Christendom in here, and we don't have that value around here. We don't we don't we don't promote that. The teachers don't teach that. So so that doesn't like what in the world? That's well, insane. Unless your expectation is that the church fails. Does the church fail in in your view? What value is that? You know, it's a value. This is the values that the school represents. What is the value yeah, yeah. in the church failing? So, so um, well, then we've been right the whole time that the church fails. So, um, so we're vindicated. So, the definition of the church succeeding is the church failing? I guess. Right. That, is that is that what we're working is, with here? Is or the, maybe it's if your if your view is that the Bible teaches that the church fails, if you're teaching other than that, you're going against the values, right? Yep. Of of yep. that of that teaching, and the church has to fail, and of course they would never say that's that's the way it is. But if if you're supposed to uh, cast down all every thought and all imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of Christ which sounds a little bit like Christendom building to me, mm -hmm. casting down all thoughts, right. all imaginations. Right. But if, if, the other, if the opposite happens, no, actually all thoughts and, and imaginations that exalt Christ will ultimately be cast down, mm -hmm. and that's the success of the church. Right. Yeah. It, 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 earlier in this statement, they, they say, well, we don't want the church to be without influence. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, how yeah. do you square that? How do you square that with not wanting to have Christendom? Where? How do you square having any influence uh, on the civil government with what's going on here? I, I think we're John. I think we're back to it's the great, Ten Commandments are great on the wall, but but having no moral authority. Or now you're back to what Luke called our history with John Piper. Yeah. yeah. And we don't. Just to be clear, we don't have any. We've never met John Piper. We don't have any personal history with him. We have personal uh, history with criticizing his criticism of the Ten Commandments, where he, he threw, threw him over the side, yeah. and somebody asked him, "Well, which ones do you obey?" And then he looked at the camera and laughed and said, "Well, you obey the loving ones, as opposed to the hating ones." You but, know, God he, gave all those hateful all commandments. Those yes. Hateful commandments, right? But, but so, like, like it says in Psalm one nineteen, of course. But this is this is the stuff that. Yeah, if, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna follow God's laws, you're you're left to yourself. It, it sounds like a pretense. It does. Let's, let's uh, they're just making they're they're tr they're trying yeah. to provide cover for getting rid of this guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's I, what it is. I don't even know what foregrounding means. This involves foregrounding of culture of a culture transformation to a degree that the leaders have felt doesn't reflect the emphases of the New Testament. Ah, New Testament. There's there, there, there's there, and there you go again. Yeah, you know, we, yeah. Well, those Old Testament, those yeah. old, old commandments. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm looking at their website that, now. That book that Christ referenced seventy times, but eh, whatever. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking at their, and I, I wish I could have been there at the founding of their college. You know, when they're building the building, I wish I could have been there saying, "Stop! You're building Christendom." You're the only Christian college in this town. Stop! Are you insane? You're building Christendom. Um, I, I just wish I could have been there. And and but but let's let's look at some of their goals. This is from their website. This is what their some of their goals are, and all, all of their goals. And, and we'll see if this is Christendom building. Uh, we desire to work in close harmony with the church in order to prepare students for effective service in the church and to love the body of Christ. Okay, they're just kind of restricted to the church. All right, right. we're not building Christendom out there. We're right. just building Christendom in here. Building building the church, but not the society. It, yeah, in, in my room, apart from everybody else where no one can see it. Uh, you know, hide it under a bushel. Yes, I'm not going to let it shine. Anyway, we seek to prepare students for ineffective... For Sorry, I read that wrong. <laughs> we seek to prepare students <laughs> for effective... Can you say Freud? Sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just have, you know, re- retreat on the brain. Um, we seek to prepare students for effective Christ-exalting ministry in the home, the church. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, there's the Uh-oh. word. And, and the, world. the world. What's that oh, doing in no. there? How, oh. How'd oh. that get in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's the secretary left that? Where's it? Don't we have an editor? Someone call the chancellor. Yeah. All right. We aim to inspire our students to have concern for the for the lost, the poor, and the oppressed, and to be committed to a global and multi-ethnic expansion of the kingdom that alleviates suffering, especially eternal suffering. Wait a minute. That is... We're beyond Christendom Chris building here. I know. We're now it's the whole world. The world. I, I, do these people... Bethlehem, are you guys getting high on your own supply? I mean, hang on, hang on, hang on. They're emphasizing, especially, all right, not here, especially eternally. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay. Now we're spiritualizing it. Right, but it does say that alleviates suffering, especially eternal suffering. So they especially. emphasis on the eternal suffering, but they still put that in there. Yeah, they still put it in. It's there. They, but the, you know, okay, we're... If we're going to read between the lines on the other thing, let's read between the lines on this one, too. Mm, that's true. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, okay. So, yeah, that, that's just some things that I quickly looked up here. But but that's damning to me. I think I think Rigney would agree with every single word yeah. of what they said there. And that's Christendom building. That's Christendom building. That's what you're doing. Yeah, okay. But they he can't sign off on that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. I'm um, sorry. One second. Did I do that? No, that's all right. It's my my headphones. Just kind of went wonky for that area there. Anyway, that's fine. Uh, okay, so uh, with respect to his future, Dr. Rigney has communicated the following. Quote, my family and I are currently praying and considering a number of options for our future, all of which would enable us to continue to spread a passion for God's supremacy in all things. Hey, Dr. Rigney, well said. Uh, supremacy in all things. You know, uh, that's that's great. I think, I don't know, that might be a little jab there um, uh, because I don't think... Um, well, because... This is what he's getting kicked out for because he believes that. Because he believes God is sovereign. And that's a word that we throw around. Yeah, we do. All the time. Yeah, we do. But it's always interesting to me how many times you see it in a constitution, in governmental documents... When people sovereign are talking about the of, sovereign state, yeah. the sovereign this, the sovereign, there's one yeah. sovereign mm-hmm. in this universe. Yes. There's one sovereign. Mm-hmm. And he's recognizing it. Yes. Supremacy in all things. That mm-hmm. makes him the sovereign. Right. And they have a problem with that. Yes, they do. And something we've run into before, as we've talked about in the past, um, when we talk about taxes, for example. Yes. You know, why do we pay taxes? Because Caesar says or because Christ says? Because Christ says. Well, how much? We look to Christ to find out how much. And then when you say that Caesar has to bow to Christ, just like everybody else, people get nervous at that point. And so we have our doctrinal statements about God's sovereignty over all things. But, John, they don't mean it. They mean over churchy-type things and maybe over family, but not over the state. That's why they're, they're okay. They are okay with the state being sovereign over state-type stuff. And if you're okay with that, then stop saying that God is sovereign overall. Mm. Just, just stop. Mm-hmm. Just, just put in the qualifier, except for where Caesar's sovereign. Mm. Say it in the mic. Hmm. Uh, we uh, trustees have called Dr. Brian J. Tab, who has served as academic dean and professor of biblical studies, to the position of interim president while the process unfolds for discerning God's. Dr. Drew will continue to hold the title of president until May 31st, 2023. Um, I think that's done already, though. Even though it's not May yet, I think he's already gone because you know, uh, New St. Andrew College, uh, New St. Andrews College welcomes Dr. Rigney to the faculty. Um, are you guys familiar with New St. Andrews? I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't that's know. Doug Wilson's Mo- Moscow. Oh. Moscow, Idaho. Yeah. Okay. So the Presbyterian thing seems to. Yes, and the theonomic g- g- gaining in strength. Yeah, here. and the theonomic thing is also really, you know, it's it's going, it's it's getting pretty wild. Okay, so there he is, New St. Andrews College. It's official. He's theonomic, in my opinion. After that, I'm like, yeah, he's theonomic, and that's why he's getting kicked out. And uh, because it, he also sounds post millennial as well. Um, 
So, okay, so our affections and admirations and prayers go with Joe and his family. We believe God's hand is on him for good. We speak God's blessing with sincere hope. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Signed, Tom Lutz, Chairman, uh, Board of Trustees, Bethlehem College and Seminary, and John Piper, Chancellor, Bethlehem College and Seminary. So the reason we're going to pick on John Piper again is because of what he said, of what he has put his name on. Maybe he didn't word it uh, everything correctly, but he put his name on this. It's on the internet, so there it is, forever and ever, amen. Uh, he put his uh, uh, he put his name on this. So now we're gonna, you know, the, the the problems that we articulated that John Piper apparently has a problem. And I've seen him say it other places, like he's like, I reject postmillennialism, and uh, what's on here on this paper that he's saying, you know, we need to, we, we got to not be trying to bring Christ's kingdom here on earth. That's basically what this paper is saying. We got to stop trying to bring the kingdom here on earth. It's, we got to stop. Now, why would we do that? I, I can only think of why, one reason why we would do that. The only reason why we don't want to recognize Christ's kingdom here on earth is because we don't believe he's king here. Mm. I can't think of another reason. Mm. Okay. Uh, and, believe it. and a, a lot of these guys, and, and I don't know them, but a lot of these guys, you know, when push comes push comes to shove, they die, and then the legacy comes out, and it turns out they weren't fighting for Christ's kingdom at all. They're fighting for their own. Uh, Ravi Zacharias is an example, and I'm not going to compare John Piper to Ravi Zacharias um, or Tom Lutz because I don't know all three of these guys. But what I am saying is that sometimes people really are fighting for their own slice of the kingdom. And that was true with Ravi Zacharias, and I don't know about everybody else, but... It, it happens with people in the ministry. They stop fighting for Christ's kingdom, and they start fighting for their own. Uh, well, and a, a couple of weeks ago, we, we sat here, and we talked about uh, Rick Warren. Yeah. And, and at that time, I said to you, you know, I stopped paying any attention to Rick Warren a mm-hmm. long time ago. Yeah. And so I wasn't really up to speed on the, the, the latest controversy. And, you know, it's the same for me with Piper. And I don't want to – I don't want to – really pile on the man because I gave up worrying about him after he threw away the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, he, he's an irrelevancy. And it's, it, it bothers me that so many people look to him as being a paragon of evangelical Christianity, but it, it seems to me that he, he, I just, I, for me, I end up throwing him into the big Eva you know, into the mm-hmm. ministerial complex, yeah. ministerially industrial complex. Yeah. He's just—he's a professional Christian, to me. He—he mm. he makes his living on Christianity. Uh, I'm—he I'm, probably has sincerely, sincerely held beliefs. I—I uh, I just completely disagree with his view on Old Testament, mm. God's law, mm-hmm. uh, and and now, of course, this. Luke, do you think you can, in the comments section, put the um, video of uh, John Piper's answer to the question, are Christians under the Ten Commandments? Can you put that in the comments section? Or maybe a link, provide or a link. link. Yeah. yeah, we could probably do that. Okay. Yeah. And people mm-hmm. see what we're talking about. Yeah, right, which is embarrassing. In that, in that interview, he doesn't know whether he's coming or going, which is, which is completely ridiculous for a man of his stature, uh, stature accomplishments, yeah. position, status. It's... it's, it's he he he's that really that's the best way I can put it. He doesn't know whether he's coming or going. It's like the first time he's thought about it, you know. And you shouldn't be in that position unless you've thought about these things. And it's pretty darn easy. It's not a, a big thing to think about. Most people figure think about it for about twenty minutes, and then they're like, okay, it makes sense, and then they go on and they don't think about it much anymore, because it's it's really simple. But he is struggling with it, and he is going in circles and has no idea what he's talking about in that interview. It's embarrassing. Uh, but we're gonna go to his prayer at Planned Parenthood. And this has a lot to do with that letter that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's said in that letter uh, that we shouldn't, we shouldn't be Christendom building, okay? And that's their phraseology. I'm sure that they'd be like, well, you know, there are some things that are associated with Christendom building that we agree with. Um, but they said it. They didn't, they didn't um, give a caveat or anything like that. They just said Christendom building, and we, don't, we basically don't agree with Christendom building the way that Regni believes in it, the way, the way that Theonomists and Postmillennists believe in it. And... Um, what we're going to hear here, 
you know, is John Piper put his name on that? And what we're going to hear right now is John Piper praying outside of a Planned Parenthood. And to us, this is big time Christendom building. This is Christendom building 101, getting out into the culture and having a public street ministry where wickedness is condemned and the name of God is glorified. And he's doing this at the Planned Parenthood. But you can tell in his prayer, and we're going to listen to it, we can tell in his prayer that he is struggling with what he's doing. I don't think he's 100% committed. I think he's like 20% committed to this. I think he's doing it because people asked him. You can tell he doesn't do it much. Uh, he, you can tell he's uncomfortable. It is a really milky prayer. There's no hardly any meat to it at all. Every, every now and then he throws in something that's good. But given where he is in the history of Planned Parenthood and the history of the Psalms and with the Psalms, the language of the Psalms, the language of the Old Testament prophets, when you listen to this, don't just think about John Piper, but think about all of Scripture, the language Scripture uses when it confronts evil, and, and the, the, the magistrates and the prophets and uh, all the people who stood up to wickedness. Compare their language to what you're about to hear now. So let's start with it right now. Here it is. Today is Saturday, August 22nd, and this morning around the country, Christians gathered together in cities to protest the activities of Planned Parenthood and to protest government funding for the organization. Early reports say that pro-life groups gathered at 320 different clinics around the country. This marks one of the largest coordinated protests against Planned Parenthood, and this includes the Planned Parenthood in St. Paul, Minnesota, where John Piper participated. Pastor John was asked to pray for the gathering, which he did, and what follows is a field recording uh, excuse of his me, Luke, prayer. Excuse me, we, we've already lost. I know, I know, and, and we, we've that, lost that, already. That, that's that, that's 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 my my thing too. You know, he three hundred and twenty places. Yeah, but 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 John Piper, um, did anyone get saved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did anyone get saved? What are you doing out here? Did, no one got saved. Yeah, yeah. So what are we even doing? Yeah, yeah. But even even before that, uh, this is so bad, Luke. And I I, I missed this when I l- listened to it before. Christians are out here out here. And, and you, you know, you know that the editors went over what the um, in, intro guy here said, right? The introduction. Christians are out here to protest the activities of Planned Parenthood. What activities are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. How about protest the murder of, murder of babies? But mm-hmm. you know what? We're not going to say it. Mm-hmm. We've lost already. Right. That's true. That's that's very true. We're not going to call it what it is. This is from Desiring God. So this is not just, that wasn't some YouTuber's comment there. That was from Desiring God. Desiring God being Piper's ministry. Yeah, Piper's ministry, yes. Father in heaven, it's a sober moment to be this near to this place. And I pray that there would be in my heart and all of our hearts a kind of earnestness about what we're doing here. We want to just pause and stand in awe of you for a moment because you made us. You made all the children. You made all the abortionists. You are our creator. You uphold all things by the word of your power. You sustain all things. You govern all things. You say, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, my counsel will stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. You are God and we are not. And we humble ourselves under your mighty hand and we stand in praise and awe of your justice and wisdom and goodness and truth and power and eternal mercies towards your creation. And we acknowledge in the face of your holiness and power that we are sinners everyone standing here in this gathering is a sinner in desperate need of salvation that you offer in jesus christ we know that our consciences condemn us and if our own consciences do how much more your holy law so we have not lived up even to our own standards let alone to your standards and we confess our sins corporately before you as individuals as churches we have not given heed to your word as we ought. As a nation, we've not listened to the word. Righteousness exalts a nation and a sin brings reproach to any people. And we are a sinful people. We have gloried in our shame and inverted your law and made good what you call evil. 
And we confess corporately that we are not what we ought to be. And therefore, we fly to Jesus Christ. We love your son. What would we do, we sinners here on this street, what would we do if there were no redemption in Jesus? So thank you for putting him forward to bear your holy wrath and take our punishment and put our sins on his back that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. And that's why we're here, Lord. We, we want to dedicate ourselves afresh and we want to pray for Planned Parenthood that they might live to righteousness. We want to ask, Lord, that according to their title, which is on the wall, Planned Parenthood, that they would bring about nurturing parents rather than helping parents stop being parents by killing their children. Good. We ask that you would help them create and bring about nurturing parents by not taking the lives of future parents in the womb. We ask that you would grant that they would see, along with our nation, that killing children is not an acceptable solution to a crisis pregnancy. There are other ways forward. You are God. You make ways for people out of difficulties, and killing is not one of them. So God, grant, I pray, that because of this event and all these videos and other things that you're going to be doing in our days, that truth would hold sway. We're not eager to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. We just want to see truth hold sway. So bring out of this building here all the truth that goes on in there. Let it be seen for what it is. Wait, wait a minute, stop. And so, I'm, Lord, I'm sorry. Bring out of this building all the truth, meaning out of the planet. Expose there. it. Expose yeah. it. Let, let people, let let people, people see, see what's going on in there. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. Got to it. do these mighty works, may your name be honored. And may Christ be exalted. And may the gospel advance in our land. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So there's his prayer in front of Planned Parenthood, which, in my opinion, was, you know, he said a lot of true things in there, but. It's just, I don't think it was remotely robust or strong enough or um, scripture-filled enough um, for a man of his position. I can just tell he hasn't done this very often. He doesn't do it very often. That He, he doesn't minister in front of Planned Parenthoods very often. He doesn't hear people who minister in front of Planned Parenthoods very often because that's not the language that they use. They, 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 they don't get up there and make a big speech about how, yeah, well, you know, everyone's a sinner and, you know, we all do wrong things and blah, 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 blah. You know, I mean, that's, that's not what people say when they minister in front of a Planned Parenthood. That's not their main message. You know, people say that when asked, yes, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a perfect person, but when I'm telling the Nazis to, not, to stop killing the Jews and the Christians, I don't say, well, I'm not a perfect person. But I, I think you should just stop killing those people. You know, we don't. You don't need this big apology for living in front of those horrible people. And you, and I, I think it's wrong for him to say, "Well, I hope that I, I pray that they would actually produce good families, that they would plan correctly." I mean, he he was like, "Please use Planned Parenthood to make good families." I was like, "Are you insane? That's insane. That's crazy. They're not there to even remotely." create good families it's the name is a farce it's there they're there to kill children so it, it's 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 kind of like saying oh oh let the let the child sacrificers of of moloch let them raise good children well they're not there to raise good children they're, they're there to kill children you know do you know what's whatever i just i i i i want to look up uh i want to look up i want to see if i can get ron cron's on here and, and see what kind of what while kind of language people do while, while you're looking that up, um, a couple things. What we're running into here, and I think this is in, somewhat instructive here. What we're running into is what we get from a lot of pastors when they're praying for their elected leadership, right? That God would give them wisdom. And they have no interest in wisdom at all. And we know the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and they have no interest in the fear of the Lord mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. But you're acting as if they do. They just need more information. Mm -hmm. Like, if we could just explain to parent, Planned Parenthood that it's better not to kill the children. I'm glad he said kill the children eventually. I'm right. glad he said that. Yes. But it's like they, they just need kind of some more information here. 
and they they already have all the information they need. They know they're kill, killing children. They're happy to do it, but you wouldn't have known that by his prayer. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. it, it, he actually, and this is frustrating to me because he he's actually building. It seems to me sympathy hmm. for Planned Parenthood baby murderers here. Hmm. They just need to know. I mean, ah, oh. it's out. It's out of touch. I think it's the prayer is out of touch with reality. John, what are your thoughts? Well, the words were all right. I mean, and and the the close to cry in his voice was wonderful. Uh, but what earth is he talking about? We're not here to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. Hmm. You know, now, good question. Yeah, that is a good question. I don't know. What? What? I well, have no idea. I, I mean, he's well, like, what would that be? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna buffalo you into stopping the killing of children because we're going to get get you to do it against your will or we're going to trick you into doing it or i i don't even know what that meant hmm. uh that that's the thing that really stood out to me he <clears throat> but as the rest of the words were were good the rest of the words were were fine but he didn't concentrate he you know what luke you said he, you can tell he's not used to doing it mm-hmm. i what occurs to me is it, I don't think he's used to admonishing. Hmm. I, I think that he's used to encouraging. Hmm. And all his, uh, all his preaching is, is about that, is about encouragement and uh, as opposed to getting into somebody's face and saying what you're doing is wrong and wicked mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and you need to repent mm-hmm. uh, because you stand in great peril mm-hmm. of eternal damnation. Yeah. Um, it, those, are, those are not happy words. Um, you know, m- most of the time, uh, most of the time, if you're talking to folks to just get them saved, you're not going to be talking like that. Yes, right. You're not going to be equipped to deal with Planned Parenthood. No. Uh, to, to, to deal with the ne- the necessary strong language no. that needs to happen when it, when you talk about Planned yeah, Parenthood. Yeah, Vody Bauckham, uh has a, there's a clip floating around on the internet someplace where he's talking about how, uh, how people are uh, all when when they want to criticize the drag queen story hours or this 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 trans uh, transgender movement, they're all they all preface it by saying, "Now, you know, I have gay friends, and and uh, you know, there there's some there's some spend, decent people." Yeah, spend ten minutes softening it up. Yes, yes. Yeah. He said, "Right, if I was up here to tell you about you know an axe murderer, I wouldn't." You would look at me like I was a crazy man if I said, you know, I, I know a bunch of murderers, but right. you know, I, I a bunch a bunch of my friends are murderers. Right. Yes, I remember it, that speech. Yes, right. It was a great point. Right, and yeah. it, I I got that feeling yes, here right. is that he starts off. Well, we're starts sinners. Off with, yeah, we're, we're sinners. Right. You right. you all out there listening to me, you're all sinners, just like yeah. these people in this village, just right. just like them. Yeah. Right. Right. That, that, I didn't like that. Like part. I said, the, the necessary but, language. It's right, not the, the necessary language. But you know, it's if I was reading it, it might be all right. Right. I, I, Put it this way: if um, to the point you made before, Luke, mm-hmm. no one say, you know what, we need to stop racism, and we're we're we're, we're all sinners here. And I have friends who are racist, and right. Right. You ain't hearing that. You're not time. gonna hear that. No. Not no. gonna hear that. Not gonna hear that. Yeah. And what's racism right. compared to killing babies? Nothing. I mean, I mean, well, I mean, I mean, yeah. it's, it's bad to, enough. To, to, but yeah. it's, well, to, to it's, them. But you're not killing people here. Right. Right. And right. while we're talking about they racism, with, they would argue with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we're not. We don't. We don't have buildings where racists kill people. Right. Right. We do have buildings where Wait, they kill babies. That's not true. Planned because Planned Parenthood yes, right. is a racist. Yeah. Right. Often, they, often right. in the poor parts of town, and right. they're killing black babies way more than yeah. they're killing, killing white babies, and that's yes. why they were originally set up. Yes, they are at heart a racist mm-hmm. organization, yes. killing people. Yes, but but in the evangelical mind, yeah, when, that's right. When you said what is the the modern evangelical mind, not not the not the biblically evangelical mind, but the modern evangelical mind, when you said you know what is racism to killing babies. Um, I mean, in there, and, and I was thinking I kind of reversed it, but but what's killing babies to racism? Nothing, nothing. It's not comparable. Racism is way worse. I'd rather kill a baby than 
They'd be, be a racist. They'd be a racist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's that's the mortal sin. And I, I will admit to when I hear this prayer, um, sort of importing in a a personal experience that maybe we've talked about before. When I was asked as a pastor to, to pray, I was at a uh, I was at a and and um, federal funding for Planned Parenthood um, rally, hmm. which is not the same as ending Planned Parenthood. Right. Right. Yes. Right, it's it's right. a little bit different. Like let's have no more. If they can go on killing babies, but no more of my money. Right. Right. So anyway, so I was asked. To, they, they went around asking pastors to pray, and I did, and I prayed, and I must have offended the next. Um, the next pastor pretty much because I said in, in, in my prayer, uh, you, you know, we know that they're killing people. And see, this is a key right here. We know that they're killing people right there. Mm -hmm. Right. And a lot of people, I, I, I've had conversation with this. Yeah. That is surprising to people. Some mm -hmm. people just struggle with that a little yes, bit. They're they killing do. people. Right. Well then what are we doing here? Right. And sure enough, you know, the next pastor got up there, the next one, very next one. And, um, he had to quote, Guess what? Guess what verse we all know? Judge, judge not, not that you be, be not judged. judged, right? And I'm standing there thinking, oh my word! If we can't utter a judgment on people who are killing babies, let's get out of the ministry altogether, and let's not pretend anymore. Get a <laughs> get a job driving bus or something, where, where you do so much less damage to people. Wait, but but not see, a school I, bus. Though. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, not a public school. Yeah, bus. that's true. It is. Just, no, I'm thinking <laughs> that's city just bus. That's just yeah, bad damage. City bus to the. Uh, wherever in the city but anyway i mean that that to me sounded like very very similar yes would, would john piper have been able to handle a prayer that said you know what may god destroy the workers of iniquity yeah. may he destroy everyone that's yes. doing this mm -hmm. either make him his friend or destroy them from, from the face of the earth mm -hmm. and may the earth be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the lord and right. may a godly church right. building be built right. in this spot right here yes and may we have no more of this yes would he have been okay Amen. with that i, I I don't know, Dad. Uh, from that letter that he sent, I, the answer is probably no. Well, from the letter, you're right. Yeah, from the letter. But again, you can hear in his voice that he's either not used to that, he's uncomfortable. You know, he's he's not using the necessary language that is required in the face of this. This his prayer was not proportionate proportionate to the wickedness that was going on in no, there. No, okay, maybe that's what I'm struggling with here. You know, great wickedness is going on right here. And, and we heard like, an okay prayer yeah, against we're, we're great like, wickedness. Oh, oh, please stop. Right, right. We need great prayers against great wickedness. That's what we need. And we're about to hear one right now. Here's Ron Kronz. And the, the title of this video is, I'm not a 40-day-for-life guy, but they asked me to speak. And I hate to miss an opportunity to talk about the king. So um, here it is. I don't think they asked him back. Um, but they, they, they didn't. They, they didn't. Here it is. Let's let's hear somebody who is used to standing in front of Planned Parenthood and believes in Christendom building. Here's Ron Kronz. It's a comfortable thing to do in a setting like this to do two things: to vilify the enemy and to congratulate ourselves. And I'm not going to really do too much of either of those things. The fact of the matter is, is they kill babies here. That's what goes on here. Does that need to be vilified anymore? They kill babies here. This is that's about as demonized as it gets. But I don't think this is a place to congratulate ourselves either. We've had 48 years of pro-life efforts that have failed to do what we were called to do, which was to end abortion. We've had more than once they've had pro-life, we've had pro-life majority in all three branches of the civil government, and it failed to do what we were called to do. And so we have to begin requiring of our pro-life leaders to do what they're called to do and not give false promises. I didn't hear an amen. Amen. The Bible says that a great and effective door is open for me and there are many adversaries. I want you to take notice that the, pro that the, the proximity of the adversary with the open doors. There's this notion that there has to be, that the enemy has to go away for there to be a victory when in fact nothing could be further from the truth. The Bible is full of indications where the enemy comes close and God gives great victories. In fact, that's where he's glorified the most. Think of David, think of Goliath, think of uh, Moses before Pharaoh. The enemy doesn't have the power to squash the gospel. The problem is, is that too many people want to get through this 
without having to make any enemies. And that's a big, fat, no deal. You're going to be hated by all for this stance. And so what we wind up doing is reducing our call to little niceties, waving at people politely along the way, praying silently. None of those things are the matter. There's nothing the matter with any of those things. But none of those things have so much to do. Oh, thank God. I thought that maybe we had been unfaithful. You know, you're not faithful enough until somebody's cussing at you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If this meant nothing, they would keep driving. They wouldn't care about this. They want, they love their bloodshed. They love their God of Molech who slaughters babies. Don't think this is a neutral thing. When we're waving at people and smiling and picking up on particular niceties, that's all fine. But those things have more to do with saving our lives than they do with saving babies. Well, okay, so. so yeah, that's the kind of language and that's the kind of attitude we need in front of this colossal wickedness. We need colossal prayers, we need colossal theology, and we need a colossal faith uh, in Christ and his word to combat what's going on because what the, the, the milk toast nonsense that John Piper espouses is not gonna, I mean, he, he's rejected Christianity in the culture in that letter, he's rejected it. And so his theology is not gonna bring about an end to Planned Parenthood. It's not going to bring about an end to uh, the the gay GB, if you will, and the, the pink mafia. It's not going to bring it about. It well, invites ask, it in further. Can, can I ask you guys a question? Does Did Piper's prayer, I don't want to jump to a conclusion here, so straighten me out on this. Did Piper's prayer sort of sound like, can't we all just get along? Did, did, did that sound that way to you? Hmm. I didn't think that when I was listening to it. No. Okay. No, I think he used strong enough language to get me away from that thought. Okay. You know, because he did come out and say they're killing babies in here. So, but, but I mean, in the beginning it did because when he, when he started with the, we're all sinners, that does sound like, can't we all just get along? But at the end, I don't think he, I did not get that impression. What do you think? What do you think, John? Okay. At the risk of sounding like a, you know, just piling on yeah. John Piper. Yeah. I think what he, and this is me, all right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I already don't like him, all right? right. So, <laughs> so just, just take this all with a grain of salt, right? Because this is me. I think what John Piper did in that prayer was substitute and almost cry. I'm almost crying. You can hear my voice cracking for sincerity. Hmm. I think I think he probably means what he says, what he said there. I mean, I, he's he's not hoping for more babies to right. be murdered. And right. he did say he, some good things. He though, said though. some good things. Yeah. He, but but I, I he's substituting. Look at how passionate I am. Is hmm. the cry real? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is it? I don't know. Right. Is it, and but that's that was his substitute in my estimation. Right. For yeah. uh, a real heart rending admonishment. Yes. 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 Look at how sincere I am. Mm -hmm. And and two things about that. I'm first sorry off, to say it. I just first, first off, John, you know, you said everything when you said he said some good things. That's not the kind of theology we need when we're battling Planned Parenthood. <laughs> okay? That's not what we need. We can't have walk away and say, Yeah, he said some good things. Okay, we cannot. We can That's not the kind of theology that we need when we're battling battling Planned Parenthood. And secondly, you know who else does that, big time, and and I think he's I think he's a fraud, and, and I can't prove it. But I don't really fight against them that much. But I, um, David Platt. That's, that's what I'm thinking of yeah, too. I mean, the, yeah. he, he he turns Here, on those David, to the right time. I, I know. And yeah. all he's does all he does is like sometimes he'll say, and secondly. The thing that you need to understand is that when the Bible is opened, you need to be reading it. Like he just said something amazing, like this, this big, you know, like, you know, conviction. Like I just had like, and he's like half crying and half speaking at the same time. But all you did was tell me to change my tire when it's flat, you know, I, and, and, and that's that that's the 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 silly, you know, I, I always go back to. And her her. Um, her appraisal of dad's living room talk, right? The living room talk. And dad, to your credit, 
and to the credit, uh, I'd say most of the people who have preached at, um, I'd say most of not all, of preach, people who preach at IRBC, we all use our living room voice, right? When, uh, when, 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 when I'm speaking to you in my living room, it's the same tone, same voice, same gestures as when I'm up on the pulpit. I hate pastors who don't do that. I, no, I hate them, but I hate it when pastors do, do like my presentation voice and then in my living room as a different person. I hate that I, so much. And I think that and that was something that Lisa pointed out. What what she said was, you know, when dad when dad was, um, you know, getting really into it, she called it his living room talk. Right. The, what which the kind oh, of person she saw in the living room was the real Joel, yeah. you know, and then but then it's the real Joel is also the, the Joel in the pulpit, the pulpit. Right. It's the same person. Yeah. Right. And, and and a lot of pastors don't do that. I have my presentation voice. Like you said, your polish, the polished sermons. Right. That's my presentation. But in the living room, I'm going to say something else. I'm going to say something differently. Or I'm going to say it, di- or I'm going to say it differently. I'm going to present it differently. Right. right. Even if I'm saying the same thing. Right. And I think that's what John Piper's up to here. Yeah, he's not maybe. going to act like that in his living room. He not talk like that. No, and, and neither does David Platt. When you're in his living room, he's not like half crying about talking about the Phillies game yesterday. You know, it, it's, it's, it's really frustrating because a lot of times when I see him, he's saying something so basic, something that doesn't need like a lot of conviction to say, and he's presenting it like it's this big spiritual truth. And, and, and that's my frustration with David Platt and everybody else who does that. And, and I heard that here again with John Piper. you, you got to give Piper. us another one of those uh, David Platt things. That was pretty good. Uh, you need to be reading it. Uh, <laughs> you, you got uh, another one in, in, in your repertoire. Hang on a second that's, here. That's, that's, that's uh, pretty, you need so, to be reading it. <laughs> welcome to improv. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm saying. Here we go. Here we go. Um, Here's one. It's called Pretty. The Critical Question featuring David Platt. Sorry, just real quick before we move on here. All right. Um, I want to encourage and challenge you today. Christ is clear. Sell possessions. Give away possessions. Give your life for those in need. Love your neighbor as yourself. So let's go into the Himalayas for a minute. We helicopter in to about 12,000 feet. Like you're at 12,000 feet in the air, and it's like you're in a valley. There are light had come and hit rocks, hit the mom and dad, and they went tumbling down the mountain to their death. Okay, he's telling a story so right now, so I don't know if I can find, but I, I've seen him before where he like he gets his fingers out and he's like rolling them over backwards and forwards, like, and he's presenting. It's 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 like he's present. He's like he's like. He, he's like the first one to present E equals MC square, and this is the first time E equals MC square has ever been presented. Like, that's how he's presenting basic, hmm. basic truths that, that, you know, it's just com- complete milk, but he's presenting it like it's all this big, meat, big meaty meal, and, and, and that, is a, that is a frustration that I have with, with David Platt. And he's already repented of his whiteness. So, oh, you know, oh, that, good. yeah. Oh, good. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad. Yeah. So I, I, I think he's, I don't trust him at all. He says he said a lot of good things, but he was Mister. Let's say everything and move to Africa, and then he comes back. Well, yeah, yeah you know what? And I what I, I know about his his, his uh, what his radical stuff. Yeah, right, right, right. And, and and you know we're supposed to sell everything, and you know we're being condemned for all our stuff, right? Right. That was when he was in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. But then he moved up north to Northern Virginia, and I I found I found out the I found out the value of his house. It was a few years ago. Okay. Nine hundred thousand. Holy snikes! Now, now, well, it's more expensive than. That. Hey, bro, <laughs> I think you can find a trailer park in Northern Virginia just like any place else. <laughs> what a hypocrite! <laughs> what a hypocrite! That's true. If he does live in a nine hundred thousand dollars. That's hypocritical to the whole. That was radical, a few years ago. The radical book is not. Yeah, radical. Yeah, no, don't give me that crap. No. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, well, folks, that's been our podcast this week. Thank you so much for Don't listening. Don't we have any other pastors that we could pile on? I mean, <sighs> well, the, 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 it's like a smorgasbord. They're just everywhere. <laughs> it's it's not a question of where to begin um, with with these pastors in our in our lives that are you know um, that are prominent teachers and preachers that say many fraudulent things. It's not a question of where to begin. It's a question of where to end. Yeah, There's so and, many of them. Right, and I guess the goal. Here in, in pointing out the the in, inconsistency in not building Christendom and 
those are the those are the major points. Is it it's these people are are putting themselves out as paragons when what they're they're saying and doing is hypocritical. Mm-hmm. And and so yes, let's expose them. Um, but it's it's one of those things where you know what what's the what's the cash value at the end of the day for our listeners to just to know that that these guys are 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 to be questioned you know it, it's one thing to 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 complain about these and I, I i believe me i complain with everybody else but you know we, we also want our, our our listeners to take something away so yeah i, I take it away joel yeah i, I think here here is the cash value and i want to actually make this point earlier then i then we moved on um, in his prayer, John Piper talked about actually breaking God's law. Yes. Yes, he, he called it out. He, he did. Yes. After throwing it over the side a yes. couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, he, he did. And so I think the value here is pointing out the inconsistency here. And, and, and I think the value here, too, is guys like Platt and John Piper, they do represent mainstream Christianity for the most part. And if you're going to be a watchman on the wall, what are you going to warn people about? You're going to warn them about warn them about about hypocrisy, which is what Christ did. It seems to me in Matthew 23. Right. So I think I think in the end that's so, that's the value. So other, if we don't point it out, it's on our head. I I, I believe so. Yeah. And, and secondly, the verse comes to mind: "Put you not your faith in princes." Um, a, a lot of these people, as you said before, Dad, and I think you're absolutely right about this. People don't put their faith in Christ; they put their faith in the church, and the church lets them down, and then they they blame Christ, right? Um, and uh, these are the leaders of the church. They have let a lot of people down. They're letting people down now. I don't think David Platt's legacy is going to be a good one. I don't. Um, I, th- I think yeah, there's already there was already he was already involved in the scandal a couple of years ago. I mean, whether he's innocent or guilty, um, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say, but I just don't think he's going to have a, a good legacy. Same with Francis Chan and and a lot of these t- uh, teachers and preachers. I think John Piper talked about Calvinism long enough to get the Reformed people to think he's serious. But then he just basically abandoned Reformed theology after that. Uh, uh, not all of it, but but he, like you know the uh, the cultural engagement aspect of reform, Reformed theology that the Baptists have been doing for years. That that is part of the Baptist re- tradition. They, yeah, their heritage. Well, yeah, their heritage. That they're saying that they don't have right. And uh, um, Whitfield was he a Baptist? He was not. He was okay. Anglican. Uh, Anglican. Yeah. But but he whether like it or not, he's still part of the Baptist legacy. Um, well, well, your two biggest historical Baptists that you go back to are both guys that challenge the status quo. Oh boy! All over, and those are, of course, Bunyan and Spurgeon. Spurgeon. Yes, yeah. right. Yes, right. Exactly. Um, and, and and Whitfield was also a a massive uh, street preacher, you know. And um, who, yeah. who who wants to disown that? Who doesn't want that to be part of their tradition in their church? You think he was trying to build Christendom? Yeah, exactly. And and so. The, the the cash value here is for people. Listen, our our leaders and our teachers are going to let us down, the, the, and 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 a lot of times you think they're fighting for 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 Christ and His Word, but they're not. They're fighting for their own slice of the kingdom, and they will oppose you if you tr- if you try to push against what they're trying to accomplish in their own kingdoms. And we've seen it happen before. We uh, uh, many people in our church have been you know victims, if you will, of of that kind of 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 theology when you push against the will of the leaders of the church that is contrary to Christ. When you're following Christ's word, you're, you're trying to bring, you're, 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 you're living out thy kingdom come, thy will be done. When you're trying to live that out, they will oppose you. And so a lot of these people, including John Piper, they will oppose you if you try to actually live out thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. And so the, the cash value here for me is, is, is to have my eyes opened to what the leadership of modern Christianity is really trying to accomplish. They're not trying to further the kingdom of God. They openly say they're not trying to. They're just trying to save as many people. This is allegedly. They're just trying to save as many people as they can, and people don't know that. It's like with the uh, abolitionists. When they came along and they they pulled the wool uh, uh, off from everybody's eyes when they exposed the pro-life movement, but until that point, everybody thought the pro-life movement was trying to do something good. That, that was amazing cash value for me. You know, we thought we thought we were all fighting on the same team, but we're not. You know, and I hope we can do that on this podcast with uh, Big Eva. Yeah, without becoming so cynical that we're of no earthly value. No value. Yeah, I, and to, to John's point there, one thing I've, I've thought of here recently, 
is it does it, it, it feels a little bit wrong sometimes because it feels like so easy to pile on here mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel right. But what I've been wondering lately is, are we not exposing enough? I'm wondering that here lately. Um, you, you know, Matthew 15. Um, then came his disciples. He, he said something to the, uh, they, they were on his disciples. This is Christ talking now. They were on his disciples because they ate with unwashed hands, right? And, and then uh, Christ says, uh, he called a multitude and seven of them, hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defiles a man, but that which comes out of the mouth, that defiles a man, right? So he's going directly against what they were hearing, directly against, against these, these respectable people, right? mm-hmm. respected people. Right, maybe respectable isn't the right word, but certainly respected. And um, and then his disciples come and say to him, "Don't you know that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying?" Hmm. I, I I do sometimes wonder if we're not offensive enough. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, uh, I'm not at all worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> John's satisfied <laughs> that we're good enough. Full, in that full up. I am not a court low. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, thanks for listening to this uh, week's uh, podcast episode the thing on the Think and Reform podcast. This is put on uh, by the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society. Visit our website at uh, thinkandreform.org. And uh, we will see you guys next week. And don't forget, Think and Reform. <laughs>